Hello, hello. On this new episode of Chat with Shrev, I have a good old dear friend of mine. He is a painter. He is a designer. He's an investor. And most of all, he's a goddamn baller. Today, I have the astonished Dr. Eric William Horvath. Um, Eric, how are you doing today? That was quite the introduction. I also, <laughs> I'm not sure if astonished is a word. I don't know either, man. I think I messed that up in the process. I think you were going for like astounding. Astounding. I think that's what I was going for. And then I messed it up. Um, but I want to I'll give our listeners a, a quick backstory on how you became a doctor, how you became Dr. Eric William Horvath. So yeah, when I was working right. at the gym at VCU, Eric and I know each other from undergrad. I've actually known Eric since I think the second day of freshman year for both of us. We just, we met and became friends since then. Um, so when I worked at the gym, someone showed me how you can change the, um, how you print, like say someone's name, like doctor, Mr. or Mrs., whatever it is. And I changed Eric's to Dr. Eric William Horvath. And the next day he goes to the gym, they just, he comes back and tells, he's like, dude, they looked all at me confused. what you do? And I was like, I just put Dr. Eric William Horvath in front of your name. <laughs> I didn't have to earn it through years of school. I just, I just got, got the, uh, got the reward. Yeah. Another word. Well, Eric, I'm very happy you're, you're, you're on the show today. Um, I feel like we're about to have a fun one. Happy to be here. Glad yeah. you uh, finally started the podcast up. Do you remember? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember um, senior year when it was me, you, and Nate in your in your bedroom? And we're like, you know what? Let's start a podcast, guys. I think I said that out. And I just took out my phone and I hit record, and we all and you guys just both looked at me like, do you, do you expect us to talk to each other in this room with this rec- with this recording device? And then and then we just ended it because it felt so weird. Yeah, well, we were both kind of waiting for you to take the lead because you were like. It, I mean, it seemed like it was your podcast. So we were like, what are you going to talk about? But then you were just yeah. staring at us. Like, you expected us to just lead the conversation. That's exactly what I was hoping for in that moment. I had no idea. I just had this thought and I was like, you know what? Let's act on impulse. Let's just do this. I was down for it, though. I was ready to do it. But you, uh, let's do shot. You abandoned the idea pretty quickly after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eric, I, uh, over the years of knowing you, I've always wanted to ask you a few stuff, even though I kind of already know half the answer. So I want to find out the other half of the answer. Um, for question one, when I think it was, I think when we started living with each other, you'd always do like this thing, this routine, when you want to get into the mindset of like, let's go, let's work, let's start to grind, let's get this work done you would always do like these scented candles in your room, like on your desk or in the living room, you would like put your headphones in, you would like set your playlist and everything. And you would just work for hours. Like someone would have to actually like tap you on the shoulder, or, like really physically disturb you to like get you away from that zone. Um, would you call that like meditation, like that whole setup of like doing the candles and like, having something playing in your ear, like music that you really like to get you in the mindset to work? That's an interesting question. I think uh, there's, there's definitely gonna be some pauses during the podcast because I like to think about what I yeah. say. It takes me a while, I'm a little slow, but 
Uh, I would say in a way work is meditation for me, especially when I find that flow state. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's more about like preparation. Like when I get into the flow state, I don't want anything to disturb me. So I have to make sure I'm like, you know, set to go beforehand. But there's also kind of like some ritualistic behavior there, like just lighting candles or having the music. Uh, I definitely choose music like while I'm working as well. Yeah. Staying focused is definitely something that uh, I struggle with, though. So it's interesting that you think I'm like so focused and dedicated. I think that you're focused, like at least from my perspective, I'm like the same way. It takes a while for me to like, you know, like just sitting there and like, I'm like, all right, let's get to work. I like go through this whole procrastination phase of like, I dedicate an hour to get work done and 45 minutes of that hour that I dedicated, I'm just procrastinating and doing something else. Yeah. So whenever I saw your ritual or like what your process on how you used to do stuff, I'm like, man, I need to get something like that. Like, you know, listening to music never really helped me. And like, I feel like I'll just get distracted. Um, so I was like, I was always curious about that side of you. Like what got you in that flow state? Like what gets Eric Horvath like laser focused? It's definitely not the ritual. It's, it's definitely just setting your mind to something and, focusing and yeah not allowing distraction actually but it's hard it it, there's no like easy way around it um your mind just has to be focused on one thing and there Mm -hmm. can't be other noise going on or distractions around you right i think meditating in more of like a mindful way like Recently, I've been meditating every day before or every day right after I wake up. Mm-hmm. And that just helps me like clear the noise, clear mm-hmm. like all of the random thoughts that I might have, all of the thoughts from my dreams or like the day before. Right. I just get those out and I get a, a nice like peaceful mindset and the world is like silent, you know? Yeah. And so then, like, what uh, do you do for like, meditation like uh do you like read a book do you journal like what is your uh routine i do the whole like you know cross legs and uh resting my hands on my on my legs sit Mm -hmm. up straight have good posture yeah and then once i'm in like a comfortable position i listen to the world around me Mm -hmm not identifying the sounds but just hearing them Mm -hmm. and i take some deep breaths and slowly i like relax my vision so i'm not actually looking at anything i'm just kind of like staring ahead and then i close my eyes and continue with the breathing and then slowly working that breathing into like more relaxed yeah until i'm like taking very like small breaths and I can feel like my heart rate kind of like go down mm-hmm. and then uh it's all about like your head after that you know I try to I try to clear all of the thoughts I try to get rid of them and not focus on them right and 
I also try to uh, not speak to myself. So at first it's hard, you know, you're getting into it. Uh, sometimes I count my breaths to get into it, but mm -hmm. even then I could still like hear that voice talking to myself in my head. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And usually I have to work through the random thoughts. Sometimes I need to like pay more attention to them. Mm -hmm. I'm not usually like coming to solutions or anything, but I'm, I'm just like working. I'm just listening to them and, right. and letting them pass. Right. And then once they're gone, um, I can kind of find that silence and it's really hard to stay in that state. Like your voice, that voice in your head always pops up. So it's really hard to silence that. You know, it's funny that you say that because I think over the years that I've known you, I think when I compare myself to you, I've always been like, rah, rah, like, let's get, let's get something done. Like, I'm just there just saying stuff to say stuff, but you're always like there, like just chilling and just observing. And then when you do say something, it's like what you were saying earlier, like how you have to think about how you might pause to think about what you're going to say. But when you do say that, it's very clear and cohesive on like what your intentions are, like what, whatever discussion is happening. So I think I've tried to take that same approach, like uh, over the few years, it's just like, you know what, like let's just relax, settle down and like just observe. And I think that's definitely like, I think it's a very helpful thing to like have. Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I try to articulate myself well before I start speaking. I think it's also a thing of like, there's that quote where it's like, uh, you can't listen with your mouth open. I think that's what it is, you know? So I try to like take in what other people are saying before I try to like talk. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like when I'm in conversation with people, sometimes it's like, they're already thinking of what to say before I've even finished saying what I've had to say. Right. Or even vice versa, you know, I catch myself doing that all the time. But then am I really like hearing what they're saying or am I just trying to, am I, am I just thinking about what to say next, you know? You know, I think that's funny because I think the, also the way you sometimes you go about it, at least for me, I have one very particular example that I'm thinking about. Me and you were sitting on a couch and we were having a, a discussion about something and our other roommate and our friend Austin was in the, in the kitchen. And we were discussing about like relationships or something. And I thought you were being very playful and like with how that conversation is going. And you're like, Shrev, you just got to listen while you keep on like interrupting me. And I'm like, and that's when I knew I was like, oh my God, like he's actually being serious. Like he's not, we're just not playing around. Like this conversation took a whole different turn from what I was expecting. Um, but yeah, I, I think I also catch myself like, over speaking like when someone else is talking I don't let them finish I just want to say what I have to say because I feel like I'm gonna you know forget what I'm saying or lose the the mojo of how I'm gonna say it in a conversation when it's like something that like um I'm, maybe I'm passionate about or actually have an opinion to say yeah it's easy to do that especially when you you get a thought that you want to share oh, I'm sorry I should have no, that's fine especially when you have a thought that you want to share and you don't want to lose it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you just want to like shout it out. But uh, I think it's important to let people kind of like work through what they're saying. 
Yeah. I've actually totally just forgotten what I was going to say. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forgot what train I was on. Sorry. So let me ask you this, Eric. How, we all have, like, bad days where we're, like, struggling or we're, like, just in the mud of things where, we're, like, we just need to break that writer's block or, like, you know, break that wall to get us get ourselves back into, like, that mojo and, like, how into the swing of things, right? So when you are kind of, like, in the mud of something or just, like, going through, like, a small rough patch, like, how does how has like this helped you like this meditation because i feel like you've been building this thing over the like the years that i've like known you and like just like trying to like find new ways new techniques and whatnot to get over that hump yeah it's definitely something i've been working on basically my whole life like i mean it's a journey right so you're always adding things to your repertoire and it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. A lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get stuck in ruts pretty often. So generally how I get out is um, reflection and writing. Mm -hmm. And recently I've just had this like uh, kind of like organization of my life or organization of my thoughts mm -hmm. that's really helped me almost like a revelation but it's nothing too like out there crazy. Like it's things that you've probably heard your entire life. Uh, but I've just been able to think about my way or mm -hmm. I guess the way that I want to live my life in terms of like mind, body, and soul. Right. So obviously it's, it, it's always been something very prevalent to me to exercise and diet, right? Mm -hmm. So like take care of your body it's very tangible and it's like super direct, you know, you eat bad food and then you feel shitty or right. you exercise and you feel great after. So that's always come kind of like easier naturally. But then recently I've connected that with, you know, the saying mind, body and soul mm -hmm. where it's like, I have to take care of my mind just as much as I have to take care of my body. I have right. to think positive thoughts and those blossom into more positive thoughts so that blossoms into positive action the same thing if you eat bad food if you have negative thoughts you know you're going to feel bad after you get that bad food you're going to have negative thoughts they're just going to continue to spiral into more negativity yeah uh, it's it is actually super direct like with your mind just like your body and there was a quote i heard recently that was like if you want to look to your future look at your mind if you want to look at at your past look at your body and that kind of hit yeah. me too uh, like and then as far as like the soul goes so it's like mind body and soul mm -hmm. i think uh that part of it is where like love comes and that's what really like gets me up and it gets me out of bed in the morning you know like that's like yeah the love in my life the passion like my friends uh all of my interests that i need that i have like this just insatiable like thirst to like continue and like carry on yeah. with get better on yeah all that stuff i think that's i think it's wonderful how you brought that up because i think what was it like last week or something i was talking to you about the 75 hard challenge that i wanted to do and like i said to you like the requirements of what it what 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 it is i'm gonna be honest man i think i lasted a day and a half doing that but like 
what you were saying about mind, body, and soul, you thought about like, okay, I know this guy as a person and I know like what ticks him off, what will push him. And you told me something very specific. You're like, Shrev, one of these requirements says you got to take a picture every day of yourself for improvement. And you're like, I don't think that's good for you mentally because you're just going to, uh, what was it? It was just like, you're just going to like, like, oh, I'm not seeing any improvements. Like you need to like, just give yourself time. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take a picture every other week. Right. And then I think that's what, that also goes back to what you kept on saying about love. It's like, you have to love yourself first to like have a good mindset and everything. And I think that's something that you always remind me of. It's like, just love yourself first, man. And then everything else will fall in place. And I think that's what you're, I think from what I'm hearing, it's like, that's what you've been doing. You've been loving yourself first and like everything else has been following that. Yeah, I've always, that's something that my dad taught me when I was young. It was like, you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Yeah. And I definitely, that really stuck with me. Um, but yeah, I think it's super unhealthy to take a picture of yourself every day. <laughs> Yeah, because that's not how exercise works. Like, it's not gonna happen overnight. You know, you're not gonna see any results, and then you're gonna get discouraged, and then it's right. it's gonna go downhill. I it's think, also, uh, I I think that, I mean, that connects back to like, you know, you could take a picture of yourself every day, but mm-hmm. you're never gonna be satisfied with a picture. Like, working out and exercising, or meditating, or mm-hmm. any of that stuff is not an ends it's a means right it's just a a means uh it's a way to live in the present right you know i'm gonna kind of like kind of hop to a different topic but kind of stay on the same thing it's like success right i think i've said this before it's like everyone can have a goal but success will always have a comma like once you reach your goal i think you should always put a comma behind that and go like, okay, what can I do next? It does, It may not even have to be like in your career. It could be like personally or mentally. It's like, what can I do next to like better myself every day? Like I think success is always like a comma. And I think growing as a person, there's always something else you can improve on in yourself. It doesn't have to be something like major scale. It could be the very minor things that will like, you know, you feel happy about yourself. You're like, okay, this is great. Like I'm seeing my own growth in this manner. Yeah. I mean, life is really endless in that way. You have so many possibilities and you can just keep like working on yourself and keep improving. Yeah. But like you were saying before, you, you have to find a way to love yourself (laughs) even through that self-improvement. Like sometimes people get really, sometimes I see people like reading those self-improvement books mm-hmm. and like, I think that's like so silly, but like those people who are like, I'm working on myself and it's like, they've been working on themselves for like 10 years. It's like, yeah. okay, well, what, what do you mean you're working on yourself? Like everybody's always working on themselves. You don't need to like read. Right. But I think reading you know? does help like some individuals because they might not be like fully growing from whatever that they're reading to like self-improvement wise, but like maybe small things might help them. Like, like, okay, like this is a technique that I let me try. Let me see if it'll work for me. If it doesn't, okay, sure. Like let's go find something else. But I feel like at least for me, my example, it's like when I try something that someone else is doing, 
it may not work out for me, but I find I discover something else in the process that does work for me, like how I can tweak whatever person X is saying to like how it'll fit me. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You personalize it. You got to yeah. like find you got to find your own way. Yeah. It's definitely true. I I feel like those books might have some like wisdom or like techniques or tips that can help people. Mm-hmm. But also I think people who read those are like totally ignoring the rest of history that has all that wisdom in it too. Like I think people write off religion a lot. Mm-hmm. But there's like a lot of wisdom and like philosophy and religion that's been built sure. up over tens of thousands of years. Like, do you want to read a book that was written by somebody in like the past like year? Or do you want to read mm-hmm. like this massive collection of information that's been built on for like, 10,000 years? Like, I feel like sometimes people don't like understand like the weight religion has. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, <laughs> So I want to start this off by telling a funny story. I remember, I think at one time you told us, you convinced me and my our other friend, Nate, like, let's go to Sunday mass. Like, uh, and we all got ready and we start, we went, we walked into the cathedral and we saw everyone walking out and we were all confused. We're like, what's happening? We asked someone and they're like, oh yeah, mass just ended. Mass starts at 8 a.m. And we walked in like at 12 because Eric's from New York. So you're like, Oh, in New York, mass starts at 12. Um, All right. But- I got to go clear. I did ask my mom if we went to noon mass. And we did. When we were kids, we went to noon mass. So I thought it started at noon. But that mass started at 11. And like yes. we got there just as it was ending. I don't just as it was ending. But I think it, religion, like as you were saying, like there's, I think it holds a good amount of weight into like, obviously like the wisdom that is passed down to us like from our parents or like our aunts uncles and whatnot um i think religion is very interesting because i mean my families are practicing hindus and i don't i don't want to consider myself like really like religious in the hinduism but i like to consider myself spiritual like i i like to observe all the different religions because you can take something away from each religion whether you agree with like with their way that practice or um or you're just interested in it like i when i went to india in 2019 i went by myself and my cousin took me to all these uh stout like religious establishments and one of them was a Sikh temple so he was like the presence the like the whole like uh what like what this religion does is like at least this temple it's all based off of volunteer work all these people are all volunteers and it was like the the whole thing was beautiful like the whole service aspect and how like they conducted themselves within the the temple and whatnot and it was hot but like none of them cared about that they were all like still cooking food in this hot weather for like everyone that was coming in through the temple and like people like in the community as well because india obviously has a lot of homeless population so they're like this is all volunteer based and i was like i respect that so much and i was like i need to add this into my essentially like my toolkit like i need to be more service oriented i can't just think about like oh i'm gonna do this just to put it on my resume or something but like it has to be with me for like the rest of my life yeah yeah doing things for the right reasons is important 
Sikhism is really cool. There's like um, massive lines for people waiting to volunteer. Yeah. Like if you were like, oh, I want to volunteer at this temple, they'd probably be like, oh, you have to wait like days and days and days, maybe like weeks to like even get the opportunity to do that. Uh, that's that is definitely something I just recently learned about. And I was like, yo, that's sick. Like, why have I never heard of like this like service that they do? Yeah. That's like part of their religion. Uh, I think it's like I, a I core. Think, yeah. It's like a core belief of theirs. Yeah. How you were saying like you're spiritual but not religious. I think that's kind of like the wave that the younger generation is on where they're mm-hmm. taking things from a bunch of different religions and kind of like leaving the maybe like questionable beliefs that they have behind mm-hmm. uh which i think is good i think i think that's definitely well like what i want to clarify is like I, like whatever my parents do like at home like religious ceremonies and whatnot like i'll obviously take part but i have no idea of the mantras or anything what what the priest is saying so like it's like i don't know how to relate that to myself i just know that i have to show up i have to pray i have to offer my respects and then that's it so i'm like i can do that not just with hinduism but i can do it with all the religions out there like i can appear at the temple or the establishment offer my respects and just observe and just learn from everyone else in that community of that religion yeah, and I feel like you could get so much out of that, seeing the different uh, beliefs that people hold. Or, I mean, really, there are, like, huge parallels between all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like, Sikhism, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, they all have, like, very similar beliefs. Hinduism, yeah. Buddhism. Yeah, I, Katya was telling me about... Um, forgot where it was from if it was like an actual belief or it was just like a fiction book that she was Mm -hmm. reading but it was like talking about religion and saying how religion like you know how there's like prophets for religions yeah she was saying how um like what if it was possible that like all these prophets were sent by like the same god and like all of the religions in the world are actually just talking about like the same thing, but they but, don't like, realize in different it. ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could be a way. I think like there's obviously like uh, in Christianity, I think, right. Like you had, there's so many different sectors. I don't know if sectors is the right word, but like so many different divisions of Christianity that is practiced. I feel like at the end, even if there's like some differences between the divisions, they fail their whole goal is the same like their whole like what they want to get across the message is the same right oh yeah i mean i think the thing that draws like those different i don't know what you call them either i guess they're like divisions uh they all follow the bible so that's why it's all christian Mm -hmm. um so obviously they hold like similar beliefs and then i guess I mean, it's like a history for why some of them have formed like Lutheranism was because of, uh, you know, like the government interfering or something or like, I don't mm-hmm. know, it was, it was because of uh, like money getting involved and they wanted to separate that. 
so it's interesting why like different sectors form or like why certain religions like stick around when others like might die off right um so i want to i think like so i asked you when what do you do when you get in the like a rough patch right so let me tell you what i do when i get in a rough patch uh obviously like when we're talking about religion and spirituality like i i pray like that someone hears it like saying like please like help me guide me like through this moment or something or like just like closing my eyes and just like you know praying but i think i also um i just try to like listen to something like music like the like glorious by macklemore like there's certain sayings of like his like certain lyrics of that song that like when i would listen to i'm like okay let's push forward like let's go through this and then my parents whenever they see me like in this distress they're like oh just pray like just pray and like god will guide you i'm like okay sure like i'll do it but like and but i think there are moments where like there is like a higher being that like, is like okay um i will help you like let me give you like the positive mindset let me give you the strength and the courage to like make it through this period you know like do you get what i'm trying to say yeah yeah i do i think you're saying that there's like divine intervention yes do you th- do you look for signs in your life? See, I used to. I used to. And then when I would think that I saw a sign, I go like, okay, great. Like, this is a sign for me to do this. And the outcome did not come in my favor. I would sit back and like, yeah, that, that was bullshit. Like, that was, <laughs> that, was not a, that was not a sign. That was the wrong one. I took a, I took a wrong turn somewhere. <laughs> do you look for signs? <laughs> I do. I've been looking for signs recently, yeah, but I don't know if that's the way to live. I don't know if that's uh, the healthiest mindset or, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of silly, like, look for signs, but I definitely do. I think it makes me uh, slightly better as a person just thinking that there's somebody watching. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, there was a study done where they had a poster with eyes on it and i don't know how they did it but they found that people like committed crime less frequently when there was a poster like looking at them when there was somebody looking at them yeah they like committed crime less frequently that's interesting and i think that that's kind of like what christianity is doing like a little bit where it's like oh god is always watching so you better mm-hmm. behave or it's just like santa like santa claus is always watching you're not gonna get any presents if you if you mess no, up i i hate to burst it to anyone listening but santa is not real man your parents are the ones dropping yeah. those gifts off what if your little cousins are listening dude i <laughs> hey man i'm the santa like if you want to give me money that's underneath your pillows i'll feel free like i'll take it <laughs> You just want the credit. I just want the credit. It's very selfish, <laughs> but Santa's not real, guys. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever believe in Santa? I did. I did. I remember I have some vivid memories of like, you know, like during Christmas time, like those Santa trackers, like where he's flying over and whatnot. And I'm just like, hold up. I don't have a chimney. 
how is he going to come through my house? Like, is he just going to walk through the front door? Like, who's eating my cookies? And then one night I stayed up and like, I was like, oh, Santa's not real. It's just my mom eating my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a young, uh, a young Hindu boy, you still believe in Santa. Dude, it's funny because I think I'm very blessed to have parents who are very open to like um, different cultures and whatnot after them having friends in different cultures. Uh, like they let us celebrate Christmas. They let us like take part in multiple like cultural holidays, even though like our religion doesn't practice that. And um, some people don't get that opportunity. Like I know some people who don't, like celebrate christmas like they don't give out gifts they don't do any of that and i'm like dude that's i can't imagine in that world of me not getting a gift like on christmas like or getting something you know yeah i do i mean christmas is so big here in like the states it's basically like a uh like a country holiday i feel like so many people celebrate it or like it's so intertwined with uh our culture you know yeah like my grandmother, uh, she's from India. And then I, I went up to her, I'm like, Grandma, you got to say Merry Christmas to every single person that comes through our door. She's like, why? And I was like, because it's Christmas. She's like, no, no, no. This is just some regular day. Like, I don't need to say this. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising that you did get that opportunity. But that's super cool. Um, like yesterday was Eid. And uh, I think it's an amazing holiday. Like I'm, the whole tradition of like, I'm not actually entirely sure like what the meaning of Eid is like a celebration, but I just know like it's a it's a nice time where you can like friends and family come together and they celebrate and they celebrate by like eating a lot of good food and like whatnot and um, doing that kind of stuff. So yesterday was Eid and I have a friend who celebrates Eid and I was just like, dude, that's amazing. Like, I hope you have a great day like with your family and your loved ones. Yeah, I I have no idea. I really have no idea about anything I'm talking about, but I think Eid is something to do with like fasting. Like it's like the breaking. No, that's of Ramadan. Oh. That's, that's Ramadan. That's also a very special um, time of the month. I believe. I think it's, I think it varies like when it occurs, but like in Ramadan, you can't like drink water. You can't like do anything until you break your fast. And then when I found out, I was like, I told my friend Yasin, I was like, dude, let me do this with you. Like, let me try for like a day to see if I can do what you're doing. Cause it seemed really difficult. And I was like, you know what? Let me see if I have the mental capacity to do this or the mental strength. And hour three, man, I was just like, dang, I can't have water. Like, I don't know how they do it. Like, I was just like, God is giving them strength to like fight through this. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do the no drinking water. I could probably do the no eating but i that's rough it's i think it's I, I get one tired when i'm dehydrated <laughs> yeah but do you think about it it's so amazing that little kids like even partake in it like they have way more mental strength than like me to like do that and like actually like not break any of the rules and and carry out that responsibility of like fasting yeah it's a cool tradition it's probably been around for like thousands of years oh yeah for sure i I think that's great i think that's like on my bucket list man to like partake or like see every religion's like um establishments temples churches and whatnot and just observe it's that i think it's religion 
it's an amazing thing that is a part of our, you know, day-to-day stuff. Yeah, it definitely is something. I mean, humans are just so drawn to it. Like it always comes up in every culture. There's some kind of ritual or religion that is formed. I think it's really close to like, who we are as people yeah i think even the people who are in uh like ancient civilizations like i want to know like what they were like worshiping like what they were thinking like ancient Mm -hmm. egypt is so fascinating to me Mm -hmm. i wish uh i wish we knew more i wish it was like i think we me and you were having a conversation it's like i think you asked or like yeah i wonder why they why they built like the structure of a pyramid like why didn't they decide to build something else it was that was one of your questions, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I have so many questions about that stuff. And I feel like starting more, but even like ancient civilizations that have been buried in like jungles that we like mm-hmm. have no idea about. Or, I mean, I feel like they still find like towns or like cities that are like buried under sand sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I did it's crazy like what's out there what got lost in time you know yeah. or uh, even in egypt there was the library of alexandria mm-hmm. and that just got like burned down like what was the knowledge that we lost in that like fire i, I think there's so much knowledge man i think like i think one of the best sayings that i've heard is i will be a learner till the day i die i think there's so much to learn about like the life around us every day that like it's just beautiful yeah it's about what you want to learn it's about where you want to go where do you want to go eric to the top no i don't know top but yeah like everyone has their own definition of the top what is your top i don't i don't think i have a top i don't really have a you don't Any set a ceiling like destination in mind i think i just have to um focus on living in the present one mm-hmm. another quote that's really hit me recently that i've never thought about but i've obviously always heard was tomorrow never comes obviously tomorrow never comes wait right? is that the end you're of the always quote? stuck in the present I guess it's a mantra. I don't. I don't know if it's a quote. I mean, I feel like I hear it all the time. You know. Oh, okay. So when you took a pause there, I was like waiting for like the rest of the thing. <laughs> the rest no, of that's the it. Thing. Tomorrow never comes. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, meaning like obviously we're always stuck in the present. Tomorrow and yesterday are like constructs. Right. Um you know, like how we measure time is like a construct, right? It's yeah. like just made it up by humans. But that like mantra has stood out to me recently because I've been like studying Buddhism and like meditating mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, and it really is just like, you know, you have to live in the present. Like you have to be focused on like what you're doing right now. Right. You can't always be thinking about what's going to come or like what has come in the past. I think it's good to always have a plan though. Like I totally agree about living in the present and like just cherishing the time that you're experiencing. But I think it's at least myself, like I'm always the type of person to like 
have plan A, plan B, and plan C. Like, just like, okay, plan A doesn't work out in like, I don't know, the next few months. This is my plan B. This is what I can also like try to accomplish. Yeah, you definitely have to like plan for the future and whatnot. Um, you can't always be living in the present, which is why I'm also interested in like, what are they really talking about? Like, is it getting translated mm-hmm. properly or what's the famous out here? I'm, or uh, that saying that's like, do you know what dukkha is? Dukkha, no. Dukkha is. Um, I think it's the belief of like Buddhism where suffering is caused by desire or desire causes suffering. Okay. I can see that. Um, and then it's been like translated, obviously. So it's more like uh, desire causes discontentness. Mm-hmm. Like your journey to there can cause you discontent. What do you mean? Like, let's say someone's working on Wall Street, right? They want to get, they want to like become the top dog on Wall Street, but like their time, their energy, whatever they're spending on Wall Street is kind of tearing them down, like internally. When they come out of the workspace, like they don't know what else to do besides just work. Like their desire to become the top is kind of like deconstructing like their internal, uh, emotions or feelings like when they come out of the workspace yeah i can see it being applied to that i think the way that i think of it is like uh, more on a everyday kind of scale like oh i want some junk food right now mm-hmm. oh even when i eat that junk food i'm probably just gonna want more junk food right like indulging in those desires doesn't actually bring happiness or satisfaction. Right. You're always going to just desire more. Right. That's how I've generally understood it. And that's kind of been a, a big saying for me recently. And now like every time I think about like, oh, should I eat this like junk food? Or like, oh, should I like, I don't know, be lazy right now. It's like, what is that? What's the outcome of that? Like, where's that going to lead me, you know? But, you know, sometimes, man, you just got to have those treat yourself days. Like, you just got to go like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to have a pint of ice cream today. Like, because I deserve it. Because I I did so-and-so stuff today. Like, I deserve this treat. Yeah, you def- it, it's definitely a balance. But that's also in Buddhism, which is like, you have to take the middle path to find enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And like the middle path is talking about how uh, the Buddha lived his life in like a palace at first and he was sheltered from like everything in the outside world, like old age and illness and death. Mm -hmm. And then he went out and saw all that stuff and uh, he lived a life of like, he had no more material possessions. He like left his family. he ate like a grain of rice like every day for like six years or something like that. But is it sustainable uh, and like, in like this process. day and age? What would you say? Is it sustainable in this day and age to take that route? Well, I don't know how, uh, you know, literal you want to take the story or if 
I mean, there's no even like real proof that the Buddha even lived. No, 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 right. But like, just like that mindset of like sacrifice, just like like doing so and so stuff, like to get to where you want. Like, do you think that's sustainable? Oh no, I I don't think that's sustainable, and that's uh, what the Buddha was getting at was he had lived both the both sides of the life mm-hmm. with like excess and then with nothing, uh-huh. and he said that the way to enlightenment was the middle path, like a life of not super excess, but also mm-hmm. a life that's not like totally abandoned of all like joy or like okay desire. yeah. Um, and I think he came to that conclusion because when he was meditating, all he could focus on was food and like nourishment for his body. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he said you can, you can live like that. Mark, as I, I understand it, as I've been reading and hearing about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, this is, this has been a lot of fun. Like, I feel like I've, I learned a lot of new stuff today. It's like I had this conversation with you about. But Eric, if you can have five dinner guests, right? Dead or alive. Who would you have? Well, I heard what John said last episode. Oh, wow. I'm not going to listen- go that route. Right? Okay. Because that's too lame. Okay. Okay. So give me like your own I'm gonna question. And- I can't have any family members. I'm going to say no. You can't have any family members there. Okay. Or friends. It has to be people you don't know. Right. Obviously, okay. I just like pick my family and friends. And Katya. Um, I'd say I'd like to have the Buddha there. Buddha, okay. If real, if he actually lived, you know. Okay. Maybe Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. okay. Yeah. Jesus. He was real as well. Yeah. And then, uh, hmm. So there's three more. Maybe Joe Rogan. Who, Joe Rogan, okay. <laughs> He can lead the conversation. <laughs> mm, two more people. I think um, I'd have to go with painters. I'd have to go with some painters who I think are pretty interesting. Maybe Monet. Monet, okay. And mm, Pierre Bonnard. That's an interesting uh, dinner guest list. Yeah, some random, some random guests. We're gonna guess just the Buddha, Jesus, Joe Rogan, 
and Monet and Bernard. Is that the last person you said? Yeah, yeah. You gotta have a moderator there. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I love you, and I hope you come back soon. Thank you for having me. I'm not used to talking on a podcast format, but hopefully I get better at it. I said like and um a lot. I'm down to uh, do it again and get better. All right, man. Have a good day, man. Cheers. Yeah, you too. Yeah. See ya.